Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rooted Podcast. My name's Rob Harlemert. I'm the the host of this podcast, and we try to do this podcast every single week for the sole purpose of making sure that we are rooted in Scripture, that everything we do in our life, the reason that we do and make the decisions that we do is because of what it says in Scripture. Um, today, we are continuing our kind of Christmas series on uh, the Advent. So we are in week two of four of the Advent. And last week we talked about hope in Jesus, like the coming of Jesus and preparing our hearts for Christ, what that means. And hope is a big part of that. And we're going to kind of continue that. Everything kind of flows into each other into, all the way into the birth of Jesus. But week two of the Advent season is peace. So we had week one, hope. Week two is peace. And peace is something that is something we struggle with. I, I think if we are preparing our hearts, I, I think we get hope. I think hope is something that we do on a regular basis. If we look at our lives, if you look at um, things that are going on in the United States, things that are going on in Kentucky, if you are a young millennial or if you are in your career, there's a lot of things that you can be hopeful for. Um, if starting new relationships, starting new jobs, having kids, starting other new relationships, your kids growing up and all the different stages with that, moving in your career and the different avenues of that. Like when you are younger, your life changes a lot depending on the season that you're in. And there's a lot of things to look forward to and have hope in that. So I think people get hope. Like I get, I, I think when, when we talk about Jesus and preparing our hearts, we see that the hope of what Jesus stands for, but that's like really far off. Like, like hope is in a distance that it's going to happen eventually, but then we're called to do something different in week two, which is to have peace. Like the birth of Jesus is something that brings peace in our life. There's a Jewish term that we've talked about in our church before. It's the term shalom. And they would use this term as, uh, as a greeting term. They would use this term when they talk to each other, especially brother to brother, uh, Jew to Jew or Christian to Christian. And it basically just meant that it was a completeness when it came to Christ, that they pray a completeness feeling with one with Christ, and it is God's will of completeness. And that's what you try to have when you are with other Christians. When Jews were with other people, it was like, we are going to be together, and we're going to hopefully be able to describe this as shalom. And this is something that God really wants for his people. He wants completeness. He wants uh, God and his creation to come back together. And we see this when it comes to the birth of Jesus, because through the entire history of the world, after Noah going through the Exodus, finding their land, going through the, the king's problems and going through uh, during that time, the prophet issue, 
And this whole thing is this overarching theme of there will be a Messiah, somebody that's going to save the people, and it is going to come out of specifically the Jewish people. And as we get further and further on, it's like it's going to come from the house of David. And the Jewish people are supposed to keep the law, that they're supposed to hold this, this holy scriptures, this holy these holy words, and pass them down from generation to generation until the Messiah comes and he's going to save all the people. And they've been doing this for so long. Like they've been trying to stay faithful and they've been faithful through war. They've been faithful through bad leaders. They've tried to stay obedient to the law. And when they weren't obedient, they went and they gave sacrifices to try to be, to, to make sure they were right with God again. They went through, Uh, the flood. They went through being circumcised. They went through uh, being enslaved multiple times throughout the history. And it just looked like these Jewish people were banging their heads against the wall, trying to make sure they push forward. They push forward. Let's keep the law. Let's keep the law. Let's stay faithful. Let's stay obedient. Let's make sure that we're within God's path to and look out for the Messiah that is going to come. So at the beginning of this story in Luke, we see these two families, like these two, one being a very rock star family, like the, the, the wife is Elizabeth is a descendant of Aaron, like the Aaron, the, the Moses Aaron, like this, this, the first high priest. And then you have uh, her husband, Zechariah, who is a priest. It is connected to the to the the house of David uh, through the priesthood for generations, and you have like this these two like famous bloodlines coming together, and the problem was where they couldn't have kids, but God calls them and says, "Look, I'm going to provide you a son," and He does that through communications through an angel, but the the. The issue that they thought was going to be was that Elizabeth and Zechariah were getting old. And it implies that they were out of the age range of being able to have kids. But God chooses this family, this bloodline, and it kind of like pushes forward this new narrative that something is going to happen. Now, I don't know if Elizabeth was fully aware of what of what was going to come. I, I believe that she probably knew the scriptures, but Zachariah specifically, when the angel came to him, the angel quoted a prophecy that Malachi put forth, that he was going to have the spirit of Elijah, that he was going to take the people and he was going to prepare a way for the Lord. And when we read this in scripture, we see that like something would have clicked in his mind. Like there would have been this massive hope and craziness and and fear, but excitement at the same time when it comes to his unborn son. That his son was going to do something incredible for the world. That he was going to prepare the way for the Lord. Now, he didn't know that meant at the time, but the Lord was going to do something. Now, the people had plenty of, of generational histories of the Lord doing crazy things, making sure that Jewish people continue to push forward and push forward. And I wonder if that's what he thought for a long time. 
But if Malachi and what they thought were, was talking about the Messiah, his mind would immediately said, God is going to save us. And then the angel talks to Elizabeth and then immediately goes to another group of people who were trying to celebrate something. Not necessarily as much of a rock star couple, but a couple that was young, that was engaged to each other, that were promised to be married. And the angel came to this virgin Mary, this virgin named Mary, and said, you are going to have a son. And the angel said this, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you'll name him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. This kingdom will never end. And it seemed like with these two these two babies that were going to be born, the one that was going to be born first and go before, and then the Messiah, Jesus being born, you see this completeness start to come about. You see the shalom that the Jewish people had been preaching about and talking about for so long, just kind of come together potentially in this moment. You see this, this, the start of the completeness when they talked about the birth of these two people. Like these people would have been so excited because they had been doing this tradition for so long, for thousands of years, just beating their heads against the wall, making sure to stay faithful and obedient and doing everything to their best to a T and teaching generations and generations and, and, and pushing people to be priests and pushing people to be leaders to make sure that the next generation were faithful and obedient just like they were. Because they knew if they weren't faithful and obedient that they were going to be persecuted and they were going to suffer because of that. And they didn't want their people to do that because they were promised and they were given a task to make sure the Jewish people continue because the Messiah is going to come out of that. And when that all comes together, it's like, it, it's like you, you ran and you've been practicing a marathon. You're, you've been practicing for a marathon for a very, very long time. You've been beating your body and you've been, you've been trying to get the, your mile down and, you, and then you keep adding miles and you keep going and going. You've been eating right. You've been going through shoes. You've been training. You've been doing all these things to prepare and prepare. And it's just like you've, you have failed and you've had success along the way. And then you get to race day and you line up on the line. And you see that starting judge that raises the gun just about to shoot off uh, the round to signify that the race is going to start. But the thing is, right when the race starts, you know that there is an end point. If you never actually get to the race, you could just train forever. Like you could just keep saying, like, I, I'm, I'm training, I'm training for this, I'm training for this. But once the race starts... You have no choice to either, but to go forward. Now, you might not finish that race. Something might happen along the way, but there will be an ending point at some point. 
And there's almost like this completeness and you go through this entire process while you're standing on the line, just remembering all the, the difficult times that you had, all the successes, all the, all the things. And it just comes to a head and you're like, there's completeness. And that is the second part, the second week of the preparation for the birth of Jesus. Because we go throughout the entire year. We, we go from, from April, sometimes May, all the way through summer, all the way through fall. And then we get to this point in November in December, where we're supposed to look forward to the Christmas season. And there's stuff that's changing all around us. There's, there's Christmas trees going up. There's lights going up. Things start turning green and red all over the place. You start seeing Hallmark movies being pushed. You start seeing uh, Santa stuff being pushed and all the different things with that. And we're supposed to just jump in and get into this Christmas spirit. But the problem is, is the more people I talk to, the more people that have kids and that are getting older and the people that are getting in retirement age, it seems like it's more difficult every year to get into this Christmas season, to get into the Christmas spirit or just like preparing yourself. And it seems like you just go, 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 go until December 24th where your church has a Christmas Eve service. Then you know the next day is Christmas. Then you have these two days that are just slammed together. And then afterwards, you have to tear down all of your stuff because it's no longer the Christmas season. And it seems like it just pops up and goes down really abruptly. And you, and you start to lose focus on why it even existed in the first place. And that's why we have this Advent season where we, we have hope, but then you prepare yourself and you move forward yourself, your heart, mind, and soul towards the second part, which is trying to wrap your mind around this completeness that comes with the birth of Jesus Christ. Like before Jesus, there's this massive separation between the creation and God. Like massive separation. That the only way that you could like remove part of that separation was if you sacrificed something, that there was blood atoned for what you did. But the birth of Jesus is the start of the end of that. That the reason this 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 season brings hope, peace, joy, and love is because there's this new person that enters into our world that stands in between us and God and is able to remove the gap between both of us. That the goal of G one of Jesus's goals on this earth was to combine creation and the creator once again. That you kind of see this this wholeness when you read in Genesis 1 and 2, this like this completeness in the garden, this small little blip that we get of that, the small little story we get of that. And you kind of just see Jesus trying to force that back together so that we can have this direct connection with the Father once again, to have this completeness once again. 
But there's like this, there's this relaxing and, and just completeness feeling, the satisfaction feeling in our life whenever we remove that separation between us and God. Now, us as Christians, that, that has been fixed for, for generations now, for thousands of years now. But the reason that we have this Advent season is just to get our minds, our hearts, and our souls focused around what is so important during this season. And one of those things is peace. One of those things is peace. You know, whenever we go throughout the Christmas season, we're always like, man, we, we have to prepare for it. And our, and our lives and our calendars don't equal peace. Like nowhere in there. Like some of us, it's just business as usual, like I said before, until December 24th. And, and then we have Christmas Eve service and Christmas. Some of us have so many crazy things happening on our calendar that we try to just remember a part of Jesus so that we can say that we're Christians, right? Like we got, we got finals with our kids. We have end of uh, semester uh, schedules, football seasons ending for some people, basketball seasons starting for another, and you're trying to prepare for that. You have finals. You have end of school, and then you have to try to figure out what you're going to do with your kids for a couple weeks. For those who kids are out of out of school, maybe in college or even older, it's even more difficult. You're like, how are we going to get everybody together? Are we going to have to travel to a bunch of different places? If your grandparents are 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 alive still, if you're blessed enough to still have your grandparents, like you have to have to try to find have your family Christmas, but you also have to abide by your elders and you have to go to these different Christmases or you have to fly to different areas and you just, your schedule just gets crazy. And it seems like our schedules aren't, do not equal peace whatsoever. Like they're the opposite of that. And we, and we allow our earthly decisions and our earthly calendars to kind of push away what the advent was designed to be. Like the reason that we never experience these things and we're not prepared for Christmas Eve, we're not prepared for Christmas and we're just exhausted when we show up to like the Christmas Eve worship night or the candle lighting service is because we never stopped and we never prepared for the greatest gift that was ever given on this earth. And it's just thrown at us and we feel like we miss it. That's probably the most devastating thing of this season. That we're just not prepared. Not only that, but there, this is a time when people are seeking Christ. Like this is a time when people go to church that don't normally go to church. Or people that have never gone to church before, like, well, maybe this, this is the big thing, right? Like maybe I should show up to Christmas Eve service or Christmas Day service. And our Christians have just been so chaotic over this season that we're not even prepared for these new people that are coming in that are seeking the greatest gift ever. And when they look at us, we're just exhausted. And I can only imagine the non-Christians being like, man, I don't want to be a part of this. These people are exhausted. Instead of filled with hope and joy and peace and love. See, a lot of us are 
us ministers are preparing for this season. Like at, at our church, we just started a new series called The King is Coming, and we're kind of talking about the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. And this first week, we talked about the two uh, different families that have kind of been pulled out of their environments and started the path towards the birth of Jesus. And then this week, we're going to talk about how the world responded to that, like in this season. And a lot of churches are just talking about the birth of Jesus, and they're in their Christmas series, and they got a bunch of different spins on it through this entire birth narrative. And the reason that we cut out all of this is because this is the greatest gift ever. And we spend all this time and money and effort because it is something that is worthy to be celebrated. Like we wouldn't have Easter without the birth of Jesus. And we need to keep that in mind. That the season that's supposed to bring hope, peace, joy, and love doesn't actually bring that. And the reason is because we never stop. We never just refocus for a moment. And I can only imagine what Mary and uh, Elizabeth felt whenever they came together. Like in this story, this really cool moment happens where Mary hears that Elizabeth is pregnant too, and she can't believe it because Elizabeth is super old, not supposed to be able to have kids. And Mary's a virgin and a teenager and is pregnant. And there's just two completely different ladies or into two completely parts of their life that are related and they meet together. And then whenever Mary enters into the room, it says that the baby boy and Elizabeth's belly leaped and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy spirit. And they knew in that moment that this was real, that it says that, that at the end of Mary's song, it says to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Like this completeness of fulfilling promise, like the thousands and thousands of years of just, like I've said, going and going and going. And then there's these, this moment with these two ladies these two newly moms, these two freshly new pregnant ladies who are starting their momhood with the almost two most important people in the New Testament. And they're looking at each other and they're like, this is real. This, all the promises that we've heard about, all the promises that we've been learning about for, for so long are real. And I can only imagine the peace that came with that. And then you, you see later in the story that we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks, if you just skip after Jesus was born and you just see that these people's eyes just open and they're like, the promise is here. And that like, there's this pinnacle in their mind of like, Oh my goodness, it's happening. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is here. The one that we've been talking about, the one that we've been studying about, the one that we've been looking for, the one that we've tried to preserve for so long is finally here. And then there's just like this relaxing feeling of thanks be to God. 
thanks be to God, he, he sent the Messiah finally. So let's fast forward to New Testament talk for us. Like Jesus has died, rose again. Now we're in that, that third leg of the story. You know, what's, what does it mean for us? The peace that we should have in this moment is close to what Mary and Elizabeth felt. That we, we have this internal dialogue within us that kind of pushes towards our life means something. That there's something greater than us. Like, it's really hard for people to believe that we that we just exist because if, if we just, if there's no purpose, then we, we probably shouldn't work or do anything like we just shouldn't do it. We should just simply exist and just try to figure it out. But we have this innate desire to, to build and to push forward and to take care of each other. And there's like all this morals that like nobody can really explain where they came from outside of Christians. We know where we, we know where it came from. But when you, when you read the story of the birth of Jesus and you see all these things, you kind of have this pinnacle in your life of, so this is why we are the way we are. And then you kind of connect yourself to the story. You connect yourself to Christ. And there's this, there's this completeness that we can have in our life in this moment, in this season. That... A lot of people like to say Jesus is the reason for the season. But if you really look at it, we are the reason for this season. That if we were perfect beings, there would be no reason for Jesus. There would be no reason to send his son down to die on the cross. Like we are the reason. And our God goes out of his way to connect with his creation once again by dying on the cross. And peace should be brought on because of that. We don't have to save ourselves. The Messiah has come. And in this moment, the Messiah is coming, the birthday, and we get to celebrate that. So there's just like all these, all these emotions and feelings and our internals and everything just coming together. And there's just this completeness when we think about the birth of Jesus Christ. So if... If you are one that loves to overschedule and you're going a thousand miles a minute or your family's all over the place, like I get it. We did that for a long time. And as my kids get older, it's going to get even more crazy when it comes to Christmas schedules. But don't forget to stop and center your hearts and your minds around the Advent schedule. Because if you don't, like December 24th is going to fly upon you and December 25th, and you're just going to feel like, man, this Christmas season is useless. I don't even want to do this next year. I don't want to decorate my house. I don't want to talk about it on Sunday mornings. I don't want to go to the Christmas Eve service. I'm just ready to get back to normal. But we forget that normal doesn't include Jesus. It includes ourselves. We don't want to go back to normal. That's why we're celebrating this. We're celebrating this to be complete with Christ. 
So don't miss this opportunity. Because after this Christmas season is over, in just a few short weeks, man, we start this this new journey, which is going through the ministry of Jesus that leads to the cross, which brings in a whole nother cycle of preparing your hearts and mind and everything through that. But it, you will really struggle th- with the second leg of this journey if you don't see the hope in everything in this. Because if you see the, the, the hope, love, joy, and peace through the Advent season, you just want to barrel through the next part of the year that leads to Easter because that's the, that's the reason for all of this. Like that's, that's the, the true and final connection. This is just the, the starting and we see the ending because we know the story, but the, if we never get, if we never go through the first part, then the ending is just going to be even more confusing than the beginning. So take your time during the season. Yes. Be with your family. But focus and eternalize and be thankful and be joyful and have peace because of the birth of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for all of us that are listening today. The ones that are, especially the ones that have struggled with, with the, this season for many years now. I know a lot of people that have struggled with this season. And I think it's time we just... We take a step back and I want to pray for, for our hearts and our minds that we can just stop and focus just for a little bit. That we can stop and just, you know, give it all to God just for a little bit. That we really get excited and jazzed up about the birth of Jesus Christ. And we don't just do it because we're obligated to, but, but, it, but it, our, our hearts and our minds are moved to emotion because of this season. So let me pray for that. Dear God, I want to thank you so much for today. Thank you for another week of Advent season where we get to come around your table and we just get to experience these few different things because we're trying to prepare our minds and our hearts and our souls for the birth of your son. God, I pray we don't miss this season. I pray we don't, we don't miss the things that are put in place to make sure we're ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. That we remove all of these distractions and things in our way in ourself because it really should only be focused on your son. I mean, we see it with, with the two people that bring gifts and that come to celebrate the birth of, of your son. They really just removed everything. They dropped what they were doing because they knew this was the most important thing. And I pray that we can, we can be there as well. God, you are so good, and I ask this all in your son's name. Amen. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Rooted Podcast. If you follow along every single week, I would just recommend that you follow this podcast. If you're on a podcast app, there should be a plus sign or a subscribe button or a follow thing. Just do that. It is free, and it will immediately just download to your phone. If you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook, you can follow the events. You can subscribe to these events and they should happen almost every single Wednesday. And we just come around, we look at scripture and we see how we're supposed to live according to God's word. You guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys next Wednesday.